Hello, Miamians. Welcome to the show. And if you are new listening to our show, thank you so much and welcome. Welcome to Miami Global Net. I am your host, Alejandro. And today's guest is Jeff Grosser, managing partner of Buya Isakaya and Jakitori, a Japanese soul food eatery and bar. Jeff will share with us the inspiration behind this new dining destination located in Wynwood. We will learn about the menu, the style, and some cool secret features to enhance your experience during your first visit. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we discuss Miami's international relations. We will showcase Miami's international diplomatic and business landscape and get to know the innovative startups calling Miami home. Meet the people behind the organizations that contribute to Miami's commercial and cultural international growth. Jeff, welcome on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Alejandro. Glad to be here. How are you doing today? I'm great. Yourself? Great. Great, great. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am originally from the Midwest, grew up in uh, Wisconsin and in Chicago. After high school, I went to college at Clemson University in South Carolina. After that, I moved back up to Chicago, then to Milwaukee. And my wife and I moved to Miami in 2009. Um, I live in Palmetto Bay with my wife and my two daughters, Amory and Ashton. Uh, we've got two little Boston Terriers and really been a hospitality lifer. So my stepdad was a golf pro and uh, grew up working at the country club where he was the pro. So I was a caddy, I was a bag boy, uh, worked in the pro shop, had a number of different jobs through high school. And in college, I was a uh, line cook and a bartender. And hospitality is kind of interesting. I think, you know, people ask, well, you know, why did you decide to get into it? And Sometimes I say, you know, I don't think that you pick hospitality. I think it kind of picks you. Um, I went to college majoring in journalism and political science and ended up in the restaurant business. You just sort of get into it and sometimes you can't get your way out of it. So I've kind of done a little bit of everything. I've been a uh, server, a bartender, a catering director, assistant general manager, general manager, and now part owner. So it's kind of in my blood. It's kind of what I've done. I've worked in big high-end hotels. I've worked in fine dining. I've worked in more casual concepts. It's just kind of, kind of me in a nutshell. Awesome. What, was, was the restaurant what brought you to Miami? Well, so my wife and I had just gotten married, and we wanted to kind of do something uh, on our own, something new. We didn't want to get married and go back to the same life we were living We were living in Milwaukee, which is a great town, but that was kind of a not a long-term stay for us. So my wife wanted to become an attorney, and I'm in hospitality, and we were a little bit tired of the cold weather. When she was looking at law schools, we kind of looked at schools in warm weather climates with good markets for tourism and restaurants and hotels. So we looked in L.A., we looked in Houston, we looked in New Orleans, and uh, Miami, and Miami was just the right fit. She ended up going to FIU Law, and I kind of got into food and beverage here, and during the course of her law school stay, we kind of had a chance to, you know, take the temperature of Miami and see what we thought of it, and we love it here. It's home now. Uh, my wife has her own law firm down here. Our kids are here, so we've put roots down. Miami's really become home. We love it. How long have you been down here? 
Uh, 11 years. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, so you're a veteran. We're vets. Yeah, we've okay. been through it. We've seen a couple hurricanes. We've uh, we've seen the heat once and win some championships. Right. We've been here. Good, good, good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about this concept you're bringing down to Windwood. So Buya is a Japanese izakaya. Uh, we call it soul food. A lot, a lot of times, you know, I think Westerners, they think of Japanese food as very high end and sushi and things like that. And, and we love that type of cuisine. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole other side to Japanese dining and cuisine. And it's just this, this real honest, simple, yet flavorful kind of casual food that you would eat on a crowded street. My partner, Michael, actually founded the company in 2016. He opened uh, the first Booyah in St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, with his wife. And a few years later, he linked up with a European friend and opened up two Booyahs in Germany, one in Potsdam, one in Berlin. And we decided to open uh, Winwood as our fourth store. So Booyah as a brand is this Japanese soul food. Now, within that, under the Booyah umbrella, there's kind of differences between the stores. So in St. Pete, ramen is kind of the star of the show. Um, They've got eight different bowls, different proteins, and and a huge Japanese whiskey selection. Here in Wynwood, we do ramen just like we would in St. Pete, but here we kind of feature more of the binchotan charcoal side of it. So we do a lot of yakitori, kushiyaki, things like that. But it's it's really just this this idea of casual food, simple food. It's not the type of place where you're going to sit down and order your entire meal at one shot with your waiter. You're going to kind of come in, have a beer, glass of sake, relax, order a little food. Maybe have another drink, order a few more little plates, but they're all easily shareable, small plates, reasonably priced. You mentioned two names, Ijakatori and Kushiyaki. What are those what are those things? So Yakatori basically means chicken on a stick. So it's grilled chicken over charcoal. So our yakitori would be our chicken, crispy chicken skin, our chicken thighs with scallions. We do a sukune, which is a chicken meatball, and then we do a quail. The kushiyaki side is really anything else that you would grill. So that would be other proteins or vegetables. So we've got shiitake mushrooms that we do, wagyu beef, a yellowtail snapper, and the like. Okay. And you mentioned sharings. Are the dishes there shareable? They really are. Yeah, I think that's kind of the spirit behind it. It's a casual sort of just break bread with friends. Each plate of skewers, you're going to have two skewers. So one person can have one skewer, the other person can have another. Or, you know, you can get multiple plates. You don't have to share, but it's kind of the way most people roll. When you mentioned your, your friend, Michael, your partner, Michael, you guys share a certain motivation for the ideas. Is there... Is there a motivation for the concept? Yeah, I mean, we do. Michael and I haven't known each other that long, but we our personalities just really click. We're, we're the same age. We grew up listening to the same music. I have a lot of similar interests. Our families have gotten close. Our wives hang out. And, uh, and we really line up. What interests us in hospitality really lines up, too. We've kind of been through it all. We've done the, we've done the suit and tie high-end jobs we've done corporate jobs we've done hotel jobs and and they've all been rewarding and they've all been cool but you get to a certain point when you buy into something and when you create something and you own something 
where you really want to do it your way and you really want to take all that you've learned from all of your mentors and your different stops along the way and you want to kind of put your own fingerprints on something and and Michael and I just really have this kind of approach of being really casual but taking our craft very seriously we're jeans and t-shirt guys come as you are tattoos whatever it may be and we're very easy going we don't have a uniform at our restaurant our staff just wears their street clothes and puts an apron on we like our music loud we like our lights dim but we like to come correct i think if you're going to have a casual approach if you're not excellent at your craft it comes across as sloppy or lazy we care very much about service we care very much about you know knowing our product being authentic with our recipes and things like that so it's kind of this mix of we work really hard we take it seriously but we have a lot of fun and, and we're pretty laid back too Awesome. I like it. Yeah. That's that's, uh, that's the style. You, uh, in the name of the restaurant is Buya um, Isakaya Yakitori. We covered Yakitori. Yep. Isakaya, what does that mean? So Isakaya is a Japanese pub. I mean, I, I guess you could kind of think of like an English pub or an Irish pub. Japanese Isakayas, they're extremely chill. They're all over Japan and they're really just these places where people go after work and, and socialize. There's a group of people in Japan, they're, they're kind of labeled salary men, uh, or you could be a salary woman. And it's, it's really just this, this sort of lifestyle where you leave the house extremely early in the morning, you put in a very arduous 12, 13 hour day at work, and you do it all over again the next day. So one of the ways that people kind of sustain this lifestyle is by going to izakayas after work. And it's, it's really actually a big part of the culture in Japan that, that you would imbibe with your coworkers. Oftentimes I've heard the Japanese say, if you haven't, you know, drank with your coworker, you really don't know them. So it's just this lifestyle where they, they work hard and then they go to izakayas and they might have a couple of beers to take the edge off the day and some snacks, or they might stay for hours and, and get a little lit up. Uh, and then they go home and, and uh, do it all over again. So we're just trying to capture that same sort of essence here in in the sense that we're we're just the place where you know we're not we're not the place where you you save up for five months because it's your big birthday dinner and you're going to order a really fancy bottle of wine it's it's more of that place it's tuesday night let's go get a little snack at the izakaya um you can come once twice a week you can spend a fair amount of money if you choose to we have we have some nice products but you don't have to burn a hole in your wallet. It's accessible. It's approachable. But yeah, it's, Izakaya is just really uh, kind of a laid-back place to eat and drink with friends. So what's the what's the price range we're looking at here? So on the food side, some of our items I think our low end is eight bucks, um, and I think our uh, Wagyu beef tops the list at fourteen dollars. So it's it's really an approachable price point on the beverage side all of our tap beers are seven bucks wines by the glass are what you would expect in the mid you know 15 15 range sake you can you can go a little more high end we have a few bottles for a couple hundred bucks but we also have short pours and single pours for anywhere between 12 and 18 bucks cool yeah it's good sounds good to me so i was doing a little bit of reading and mm -hmm. um, i noticed that you mentioned in the, the press release that there's some inspiration behind the indigenous ingredients and techniques of japan sure i don't know if you can expand a little bit on that 
Yeah. So, I mean, as I kind of alluded to, um, we just love the approach of sort of the street food side of Japanese cooking. I am not Japanese. My partner is not Japanese. So we don't, you know, we're not trying to put our spin on this. It's not trying to be a Japanese fusion. It's, it's really like we fell in love with the food. We want to recreate it almost to the point where you know, if you were Japanese and you came into our place and we have had some Japanese people come in and give us their feedback. And, and it's like, we want you to feel like you're eating authentic food from home. So it's, it's really just using fine products. Binchotan charcoal is a big part of what we do. I mentioned that earlier. So, you know, we have these Japanese grills. It's really pure, scentless, smokeless charcoal from this really nice oak. And it's, it's over 95% carbon and it, it just stays hot and produces just really, really nice, flavorful food. So it's, it's approachable. Everything is made in-house. All of our sauces, our ramen noodles are made in-house. Our tonkatsu broth for our ramen is a 22-hour broth. So we really take a lot of pride. It's a labor of love, to be sure. Um, that broth, we use the whole pig, wash, polish the bones. We triple strain it. It's just cooked down in this huge vat. We actually stir it with, a, with an ore that you would drive a canoe with so just large batches of these just homemade flavors um just putting the time and the care into each and every dish is important to us you guys have an exhibition kitchen right we do yeah we do everybody everybody at booyah is on stage we feel we feel good about that i've never really liked the uh mindset of having a back of the house and a front of the house i really feel like you know sometimes Working in a kitchen can be kind of a thankless job because you don't have that interaction with the guest. You don't get that. You don't get to see the smiles. You don't get to see the enjoyment. You don't, you don't get a tip. So one of the ways to sort of bridge that is to have an open kitchen and, and let, the, let the cooks and the chef be on stage and, and have that sort of um, experience with the guests. And we have actually have counter seating. We'll have groups of people sit at the counter and the, the chef can hand the food over the counter. We've had guests buy a bottle of sake and pour shots for the, the kitchen and everybody just come pie and oh, everyone nice. does a shot of sake together. It's a lot of fun. It's cool. It's interactive. Even, you know, even on the dishwasher side, we encourage our dishwashers to come out, bring the plates out, say hello to the guests. It's important to us. We really want to get to know people. It, it kind of goes again with that familiar neighborhood izakaya vibe that we we want to create relationships we want to get to know you we want to know how you found us if you're a repeat guest we want to we want to acknowledge that we want to make you feel like you're coming into our home so um, that's just not on the service side but also on the kitchen side it's also fun it's it's cool to watch it's cool for people to have that be part of the experience where they can come and kind of see how the the skewers are made over the coals and how the ramen bowls are put together. So it gives them sort of a, an added element of entertainment, you know, by coming out. It's different as well because people yeah. don't normally see these things. They don't normally do them at home. So when you mm -hmm. go to a restaurant and then you see the kitchen, you can see through it, like you said, the skewers and then the people making the pasta and the noodles. Yeah, it's fun. Exactly. For sure. Talking about the, the food. Can you um, tell us a little bit about the menu? How is that like? Yeah, so we um, we break it down into three categories. So we have charcoal, we have bowls, and we have super rad. The charcoal is what you would expect all the skewers over the binchotan charcoal. Um, again, these are going to be chicken thighs, wagyu beef, pork belly, shiitake mushrooms, yellowtail snapper, 
we've got menu items that aren't we haven't rolled them out yet because of the restrictions with covid and things like that we we wanted to slow roll the menu but we've got head-on prawns coming we've got octopus we'll do chicken hearts chicken livers things like that uh, that's the charcoal side. The bowls is going to be your noodles, and it's going to be um, our chilled miso soup. So and basically anything in a bowl. And then Super Rad kind of got its name from our chef. He's a, he's a colorful guy, and when we were training our front-of-the-house team on the menu, he kind of kept describing dishes as Super Rad. So he's like, yeah, you know, this sauce is going to be Super Rad, and we're going to we're going to fry it with a little tempura. It's going to be super rad. So we just kind of messed with him and said, all right, man, super rad it is. So those are the three categories of our menu. Again, they're all sort of similarly price pointed and it's not an appetizer and then an entree and then a dessert. It's, you know, you can start any way you want. You can start with charcoal. You can start with a bowl. You can start with some super rad. It really is kind of interchangeable. And the bar? So the bar right now is, it's a big part of what we do as a concept. Right now, we have beer, wine, and sake, and we do uh, some low ABV cocktails. So kind of sake-driven cocktails. We do uh, one called a sake to me baby, which is basically a Negroni, but instead of the gin, we use sake. So it's a play on a Negroni. It's a lower alcohol content. In time, we're expecting our liquor license here in the next few weeks, so we do intend to roll out a full cocktail program. We like to do tiki stuff. So there's some fun glassware and some, some cool drinks. We're, we're going to do a frozen drink machine. And uh, of course, Japanese whiskey is a big part of our portfolio as well. So that's kind of where you're going to be able to spend a little bit more money if you choose. We will have $40, $50, $60 um, tumblers of high-end Japanese whiskey. Um, you don't have to purchase them, but for those connoisseurs that want to get into that type of stuff, it'll be available as well. Cool. So now I always depend on friends to tell me, hey, have you gone here or what should I order? How can I order like a pro? All right. Order like a pro. I think the first thing you do is you order a Sapporo and a little shot of sake. So you've got your Japanese beer, you've got your sake, you can shoot the sake, sip the beer. Now you're settled into the izakaya, you're relaxed, you've taken a little bit of the edge off of your day. And then I would just start to order, you know, it's, if it's you and one guest, you can get into the menu. If it's four guests, you can really kind of dive in because there's, there's more people, you can share more items. But I would get some skewers, I would start with some sticks. I think the pork belly and the yellowtail and the wagyu are three of my favorites. And then I would just take it from there. You order a little bit of food, have a drink, take it slow. Don't be in a hurry. Order a little more food. You know, you get to press stop when you're done. And um, you just can kind of cruise through the menu at your own altitude, so to speak. Cool. Yeah. What would you say makes this restaurant unique? I think it's the vibe. You know, we have a core value system in place where, you know, the food is extremely important to us. The beverage is extremely important to us. Because we're a restaurant, it has to be important. It has to be good. It has to make people want to come back. Um, people need to find value in it. But for me, and I know Michael agrees, there's just this secondary level um, that's just as important, and that's the people aspect. Like, we're truly in the people business, and I have such a great respect for humans. They've got X amount of free time and leisure time. They have X amount of income that they can spend on and hanging out and having dinner. 
and they choose our spot. Like that matters to us. We want to create relationships. We want to create friendships. We want to create this sort of restaurant where it's like, I don't know what, I don't know what it is about this place, but I just like it. It just feels good. We took a lot of time to put the playlist together. We like our rock and roll music. We think it's an attractive playlist. We think the lighting is right. We, we just want to create this space, Alejandro, where you just want to go back because it feels like home. And whether you come with a group or whether you come in by yourself, you can sit down, you can relax. We're going to treat you well. Um, again, we don't have this sort of cookie cutter service. If you go out to eat, like I do, 90% of the time your waiter is going to walk up to you and say, hi, my name is XYZ. Can I start you off with sparkling or still water? And it's very stale. It's very unimaginative and it's very cookie cutter. I really try to stress to my front of the house team and really everyone on our team, like, don't be a robot. We want you, like, if you were to come to my house for dinner and knock on the door, I wouldn't answer the door and, and ask you, hey, what kind of water can I get you? Like, obviously, once you got inside it's and true. we were, you know, like, once we got inside, of course, I would feed you. Of course, I would make you a cocktail. Of course, I would pour you some water if you were thirsty. But that's not where we we're going to start off our conversation. So we really want to, you know, say, hey, guys, just welcome. Come on in. Um, I don't have a hostess at the front where you know she has to greet every guest in the first 30 seconds. It's more like the door opens, some, we're going to notice you. We're going to say, hey, um, we just do things a little bit differently. It's not, it's not so structured. It's more laid back and, and sort of authentic. And, and I think it shines through, and I think people appreciate it. That was a great response. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes, sometimes there are secret menus hitting places. Sometimes people don't know about them, and sometimes they're missed. Is, is, true. Uh, is there something like this that we should know? Yeah, we have some tricks up our sleeves. At one point, we had two bathrooms. We're about 2,200 square feet and didn't know if two bathrooms was really necessary. One of our friends, guy actually does some of our legal stuff for us. He's an attorney. He was actually in Japan. And there's, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a, a neighborhood in Tokyo. It's called Golden Guy. So it's this neighborhood that is six by six square city blocks. It's these narrow little walkways and streets, no uh, car traffic, and it's jam-packed with people and it's bustling nightlife. It's got all these bars, but all of these bars seat between four and eight people. They're tiny, little drinking dens. So our partner, Adam, is uh, running through Golden Guy on a vacation and he hears Nevermind by Nirvana, and he's like, where is this music coming from? And he ends up going into this little room, and it's these four Japanese guys listening to Nirvana on a record player, just slamming beers, having a good time. And he's like, it was one of the best nights of my life. We had so much fun. And all these little bars have sticks and gimmicks. You might have to know someone to get in, or you might have to know a password, or one might be a karaoke joint but they've all got their own little personal charm and characteristics to them. So we decided that we were going to turn a bathroom into a golden guy. If you walk into Booya, we didn't change the door. So the door still has a unisex bathroom sign on it. So it's pretty fun. We actually watch guests every day think they're going into the bathroom. Yeah. So they'll, they'll open the bathroom door. Instead of finding a toilet, they'll find a group of people eating and drinking beer and awesome. it's, it's kind of fun. So it's like a five seat little room. It's got a counter. So you're facing the bar. 
you can interact with whoever's at the bar. You can interact with the bartender, but you're also closed off into this little room. And so it's semi-private. And within the room, we've got a few little cubbies that are little lockers, essentially. And if you have a skeleton key, or if you know who to ask for a skeleton key, you might be able to find some high-end Japanese whiskey and, and have a little nip and then uh, lock it back up. That's it's as far as I'll go on it. Yeah, you're going to have to come in and kind of see the rest for yourself. Okay, okay. So, not, so now lizards need to keep an eye out for a skeleton key. Yeah, the key is floating around. We definitely do not open up the lockers every night, but uh, there's a time and a place for it. And uh, there's some pretty special whiskey in there. So uh, we like to break bread with people. Like We like to meet new people. We like to celebrate. So if it's a special night or uh, we've had a great conversation or we want to sort of treat somebody to a proper ending to a really nice meal, uh, it's fun to go in there and open up the lockers. We have a good time with it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Tell me about your team. How's that look like? Oh man, we have the best team. We love our team. We think that culture is everything. Um, I think you can walk into a restaurant and in the first five minutes, I can tell you if the staff likes their job. I can tell you if they're happy to be there. I can tell you, I can look and find a floor manager and I can tell you if they're engaged, if they care. Um, I can look around at the floors and I can, I can tell if it's a clean restaurant or a dirty restaurant. These are things that you just know if you've been in the business. And um, yeah, I always say culture happens either by default or by design. So you either design the culture you want or it's just going to happen whichever way the wind is blowing. Michael and I, uh, when we put our team together, it's pretty cool. We actually did not do any Craigslist ads. We didn't do anything on Indeed. We didn't do any sort of formal uh, job search. We, we essentially just handpicked people that we've worked with, that we've been in the business with, or that came highly recommended from other people. Chef Zach, uh, Zach West, we actually brought over from Tampa St. Pete. He was the chef at Booyah in St. Pete. Another thing that we always talk about is like replace yourself. If you're not building someone up to take your job, you're not really doing it right. We built someone up in St. Pete to take Zach's spot. Zach came over to uh, take over our kitchen. Our sous chef is actually from Laid Fresh, which was the restaurant prior to Buya. So he actually stayed on. We were extremely impressed with him when we met him. He's been a real a boon to the company. And then, yeah, the front of the house, everybody, it's just this mix of people. I would call someone if I didn't have their cell phone number, maybe I would even DM them on Instagram and just say, hey, you know, it's been a weird 2020. I haven't even talked to you in a year or two. What are you up to? I got this thing going on and, and people seem to be attracted to it. And the team came together pretty easily and we love our squad. We've got about 12 front of the house, 10 back of the house. So it's an intimate team. Everybody gets along. You know, we, we value everyone's input. You know, there obviously there has to be a leadership structure, but Michael and I don't like to look at ourselves like bosses where we work here. I don't mind bussing tables. I don't mind pouring drinks. We're all part of the same team. And it's a family. You know, we all, we all have a drink at the end of the night. We all celebrate each other, whether it's birthdays or, you know, people are accomplishing things outside of the restaurant. We, we like to recognize that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just not that place where, you know, if you walk in and no one's ever going to like ask you to do something before they've asked you how you're doing. 
Like the first thing we're going to do is we're going to shake hands, say, what's up? How was your day off? Did you see the heat game last night? Have some real authentic conversation and then we'll get to work. So it's a good group. We've had a really, uh, I don't think we've really had any turnover yet. And uh, they, they seem invested and, um, you know, we appreciate them. We're, we're, we're thrilled with, you know, who's on board. Well, there's nothing like a, like a leader that rolls up his sleeves with his team. Yeah, you have to lead by example. Exactly, you have to, you know, you have to be part of it. You you have to be accountable. You have to be empathetic. There's a lot of different characteristics, but people feed off the energy of the leader, so it's important. Do you guys do the what is it called the the house meals or the the family meals? Yeah, we do. Restaurants take a minute before you get into like a rhythm. I don't think we're in phase one of our opening, but we're still in the early part of opening. So we're still kind of figuring out when do we get busy? When do the lunch shift ending versus the night shift starting? And we'll get into a formal family meal where we'll be doing it every day. Right now, we're kind of at the end of the night, the guys will whip something up. It's pretty fun, actually. A lot of times, chef will challenge the kitchen to come up with some family meal dinners and we, we, we take pride in it. It's fun. You know, they all want to put their best foot forward, even on something like that, where you have the chance to be creative and we'll pair cocktails with it. Like I said, when, mm-hmm. when, when, when we're done for the night, we all take some time to, to have a drink because ultimately, you know, we're all in this because we like to enjoy food and beverage as well. Awesome. Well, I know that, that we're running out of time and I have one more question. And sure. How are you guys managing through the pandemic? Uh, well, it's been a journey to say the least for everybody. You know, the, the one thing we, we're not doing is feeling sorry for ourselves because it doesn't matter who you are in some fashion, you've been affected by 2020. You've had to pivot your business. You've been quarantined. Your income has been either altered or has stopped altogether. You've had to manage people. You've had to deal with getting sick or having family members get sick. So many things have gone on. For us, the build-out part of our restaurant was during quarantine. So we were able to have a couple of guys come in and, and get the restaurant up and running as far as building it out without an issue. But then we were uh, delayed on our opening because of the city's decision to not have indoor dining. It wasn't in our plans to do outdoor dining. So that was really difficult because we actually opened, we actually got our team together did our full training and then had to lay off our staff. So that was really difficult because our staff had been getting unemployment. Now you get one training check and all of a sudden you're technically employed. So you have to reapply for unemployment. So it's been tough. Um, We're still dealing with issues. We're dealing with limited capacity. We're dealing with curfews. We're dealing with the fact that we can't sit anyone at our bar. So it's difficult. Our concept is definitely to be a bar at the end of the night, to be open till two in the morning. Wynwood is a lively, vibrant neighborhood. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. Obviously, our numbers don't reflect what we want to do as far as a business model, but that's because we're limited in what we can do. There's restrictions, but we play the long game. We have a big picture view. We're going to swim upstream. We have faith. We believe in our concept. We believe in the resilience of our city and we we don't believe that restaurants are going to die we believe that restaurants are you know they're one of the there's something that you know people always want to break bread everybody eats everybody socializes everybody wants to celebrate 
everybody wants to go out if they've had a tough week at work. They want to go out on Friday night and relax. So we're optimistic and we're just hoping that we can kind of get into some sort of semblance of normalcy sooner than later. Okay. Awesome. I like the energy. I like the energy. People can sit outside right now and they can order, pick up, delivery, right? Yeah, exactly. So the city actually did work with us a little bit in Wynwood where they created the opportunity to set up outdoor patios in the street. So normally, yeah, it's good. It's been beneficial. So normally there'd be street parking. They give you these barricades. You might've seen them around. Um, They're they're these pink barricades. They're right behind me, actually. They give you those and then you're responsible to uh, build up your little patio. So we, we did the Home Depot thing, laid down some plywood, some AstroTurf, put a tent up got some trees so we've got let's see 24 outdoor seats and we've got 40 indoor seats it's nice inside is kind of uh, loud and dark and air conditioned so if that's your vibe you can go inside if you want to have more of a quiet experience the weather is getting nicer if you want to bring your dog uh, you can sit outside so we've got indoor outdoor we've got pickup takeout delivery will be available soon we'll be working with grubhub and uber eats and doordash and those types of things just kind of wanted to get into a rhythm and get our kitchen streamlined before we dove into that but uh, we'll do delivery soon enough and then uh, when the when the restrictions ease we'll you know we'll go from being open till 11 a.m to midnight during the week and 2 a.m on the weekends Great. Jeff, this has been great. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking time. Thanks for your interest in our business. And uh, thanks for thanks for doing your uh, your cool podcast, man. It's really neat to be a part. I'm honored. Thank you, Rafa. I'm honored as well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a foodie. I like to eat. I like to go out. I like to go places. I like to explore new things. So this has been great. This has been great. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you in. Uh, definitely want to get your feedback. And um, you know, it's always fun to meet new people, too. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.